Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 78. So today I want to jump into a grammar point, and it's based on the grammar tag GW, as in grammar word, how, does what, which as you know by now, if you've been listening to our podcast, how, does what is an adverb. So it's saying how, and then the does what is the verb. How does the verb verb? And then time, so basically adverbs today all about time or timing. So we're going to talk about how the, the timing of actions, when will, it happen, when will it happen? Will it happen immediately? Uh, has it just happened, already happened? Is it still yet to happen? Um, so let's jump in. So the first one is really common. Um, and uh, if you've been studying Chinese even for a very short time, you probably have heard it. It's called ma shang, ma shang. So this first sentence here is from level 13 of the Mandarin Blueprint Method. You'll unlock all the characters and words necessary to, to uh, understand everything in this sentence at that point. And this one is lai. So you can say this to, for example, I used to, well, before this, uh, what I would use it for um, taxis, for example, um, on the phone to a taxi driver, but 我马上出来,马上来,我马上到,到 as in arrive. Uh, or just and then hang up because it's really annoying when DD or Uber drivers call you when you've clearly got the thing here. I don't know how Ubers work in, um, say, Western countries. I've never, I think I've only used one in Australia once. I can't really remember, but I, I hear it's like, it's very clear. You say, I'm going to be there any second. You send them a message. And then for some reason, they still call you like 50% of the time. It's like, and then just, hang up, which is kind of rude, but after you get it like 50 times, that's the sort of thing that you do. Um, so uh, literally it means horse on, I'm on the horse, um, which is clearly something from uh, a long time ago, well, before cars and DDs and Ubers. Um, so that's a really straightforward one, very common. And the next one is actually, um, I sort of switched the order around, uh, this was originally in these sentences here, because I wanted to talk about this with three others that are very similar. So this next one is Cai, and we've talked about Cai before. Um, it has several meanings, and in this case, Cai means just, like just now. And you'll often find that is the main definition used for this particular character. So check out this sentence, incredibly simple sentence, unlocked at level 13 of the Mandarin Movement Method. What's Cai Lai? <laughs> so I only just came. So if you want to say you've only just done something or only something has only just happened, um, you would just add tai before it. And there's a few other uh, slight changes you can make uh, or slight differences that you'll hear um, with this. And it, it means basically the same thing. Okay, so let's look at the next sentence here. Uh, this one has a few different variations. So I want to just clear that up for you from the get-go. Um, have a look at this sentence here. It says, 我刚刚吃了一块面包, uh, this 刚刚 is also the same meaning as 菜. It's the same. 我刚刚吃了一块面包, and it can also just be shortened to one gang as well. So 我刚吃了一块面包, and that's pretty much it. Just think about 刚刚, uh, 菜, and 刚, all these three to be basically the same in terms of their actual usage. 
So this sentence means I've just eaten a piece of bread. And you can also apply this to Thai. You can say 我才吃了一块面包,我刚刚吃了一块面包. And you can even shorten 刚刚 to just the one 刚,我刚吃了一块面包. And it's all the same, okay? The grammar books might give you slight different usages. And of course, you'll, there there's slight different ways you can use some and not others. But for this purpose of saying a very short time ago, from my perspective, I ate a piece of bread. Now, this can also be used in the longer term as well. It it's very contextual. It depends on what you're talking about. Um, but generally, these three words are all the same. 我刚刚来成都, I just came to Chengdu. 我刚来成都,我才来成都, all the same, okay? All right, the next sentence, I want to get into another one which we actually covered before, uh, but this is its usage as a time or timing adverb. Uh, so take a, look at, take a look at this sentence. 他说要给我打电话. He said he would give me a call. 可是, but, 电话还没打过来. But, the call has not come in yet. So this one we're talking about hai, so still or hai mei, which is still not or still hasn't. And very straightforward one, hai mei da guolai. He still hasn't called in. Um, and another one here is sort of a variation of this, uh, of this hai, a different usage of it, which is still doing something, right? So still doing, still in the process. So in order to say this, which is, just saying something is happening, you say 在, right? 我在吃饭, I am eating right now. But if you want to say I'm still eating, you just add a 还 in front of it. So 我还在吃饭, very straightforward. So let's have a look at this example sentence here. 她可以和我说话吗? Can she speak with me? 不可以,她还在吃饭. No, she can't, she's still eating. All right, the next one here is never. So never, as in, We've never cried before. Let's try and say that. Woman, We have never uh, cried before. So if you wanted to say never as in, uh, not as in in the past, but I never, for example, I never, as a rule, as a general rule, I never eat crab. 我从来不吃螃蟹. Instead of may, because as we know, may is all about the past. And for the present or future, you would just say bull instead. The next sentence that we have here is bringing a, a little bit more of a high level word, but I really like this one. Um, very useful. And uh, so this one is all about any time, at any time, at your convenience is another sort of uh, translation of it. 来,取走书. So you can come at any time, 取走, like pick up your book, pick up the book or whatever. Um, so this, this word's really interesting. It's another example of the logic of Chinese words. Uh, some of you may have already learned the word 随便 in Chinese, 随便, so which means as you wish, or how, whatever you like, 随便. So this sway is sort of, it, the, one of the meanings it has is casual or as you wish. Um, uh, and sway uh, shi, so as you wish, time or casual time. So any time, sway uh, shi. So I really like that one. So this next one is how to express 
always, as in have always done something. 我一直爱着那个男孩. I have always loved that boy. Um, so 我一直, I have always, ever, like since I could remember, you know, I've always loved that boy. Um, so people will say that whenever they want to say this, something has always been the case. Now this final word I want to cover uh, is already. Uh, and this one, uh, particularly look at this example sentence here, you can see that, again, as, as it is with any adverb, you can take away the adverb and the sentence is still grammatically absolutely fine. So let's have a look at it. 这种样子的包已经卖完了。Oh,卖完了, sorry, I do the Beijing thing with the v, the 卖完了。这种样子的包已经卖完了。So um, this particular type of bag, this type of bag, 已经already卖完了, sold out. So you could just say, 这种样子的包卖完了。And that's the same thing, really. So what 已经 is doing is just adding a little bit of tone of voice. So sorry, it's already uh, sold out. All right, so that's about it for the types of timing or time adverbs, the 时间副词, the uh, how does what time grammar uh, tag. There's a lot more sentences there to choose from. If you check your flashcards, you'll be able to find them and you can practice a few more. All right, guys, let's move on. So let's jump into the messages and emails that we've had this week. I want to start off with an email from a very special client. Everyone's special, but he's especially special this week because uh, Roseanne Bishwakama has finished level 57. He's gotten to the end of the entire course. Now, obviously, uh, there's probably... He's, he smashed his way through so quickly, there's probably still a lot to actually acquire. Like he's, he's gone through all the lessons, but I assume he hasn't um, fully acquired everything yet, but that's going to take some practice. But the point is, he's got to the end and he's well on his way to acquiring over 4,000 words, 1,500 characters and learning how to read and understand all those in sentences and our stories. And so congratulations to him. Um, and he sent us an email just asking, he's, he's, he's had his breakthroughs and uh, he's happy with it, but he's on to the next, um, the next sort of, I guess you could say, the stage of the mountain climb, which is input uh, and finding his own input. So let's have a look. He says, hope all is well with you, uh, Luke and Phil. I am using MB daily and I'm now at character two, uh, 1,212. Now, since he sent his email, he's actually finished all 1,530. Uh, thanks for providing such an effective learning system. My question is, how much of Chinese is covered by the 1,500 plus characters in the course in percentage? I vaguely remember Luke saying, mentioning 94%, but I'm unsure. Yeah, I've said that amount. Um, and, uh, you know, 4,000 common words, 1,530 characters, 94% uh, is, is, is reasonable with that. Um, in terms of, because I, I believe uh, it was 91% is 1,000 um, and uh, 3,000 is 99.9%. So there's obviously a law of diminishing returns. So I just picked somewhere that was fairly in the middle because okay, it's approximately 94%. Uh, saying 90% would be too low. It's very underestimating it. So I thought, um, I think that's as high as I can say with being with reasonable accuracy. Um, in terms of coverage, about 94%. But that remaining 6% is, you know, that's a 
because of the coverage and the way averages work and the Pareto principle and stuff, it'll take you a long time to get that extra 6%. Uh, all right, so it says, what is your take on input? Uh, I am reading articles on Link, L-I-N-G-Q.com, which is reinforcing the characters, characters, learn, character learning, as well as listening to Gusha FM, uh, such stories, although I don't have a great comprehension. No, of course not. Gusha FM, I believe, is a native uh, radio station, I believe, right? My problem with the articles on Link is that I feel that the type of language and expressions used are quite different from what I would use in a conversation. So I don't feel great progress even through my link, even though my link count is increasing, like the number of words. So what type of content do you recommend in terms of genre, comprehension level, etc.? How much time should I index toward reading as opposed to listening? These are really good questions. And uh, it's a tough stage you're at because although you've done fantastically well, you've learned so many characters and words and, and you've uh, begun to acquire them, you're at that stage where you're still not quite good enough to read and, and uh, experience native stuff. Um, and you're trying to find sort of graded material. So I would recommend, and no matter what, even if you do find material that's to your level, you're still gonna go through a period of several months, probably at least several weeks, maybe months, depending on how much time you put in per day, of where you're, you're not that comfortable with reading and listening. Are you not understanding enough and it's kind of stressing you out a little bit? That's completely normal. You're getting used to hearing native speed and native con more and more native level content. So I would, uh, the first thing I would say, is I've got my uh, new ebook in front of me here. I'm just going, I'm just sort of going through the resources section that I put together. Um, you want to try, try some graded content. So link has a lot of graded stuff but it's also kind of um it's a bit messy i guess it's not like uh, there's a lot of stuff on there there's just tons of stuff but it can be a, be a bit confusing for you and i think the real magic of link um is uh using your own content finding your content from other resources which again is more suitable to high levels but you'll find if i remember correctly there's stuff on there like from charlie and the chocolate there's someone uploading an entire audiobook with text of charlie and the chocolate factory which is more of an advanced thing um, you can also, if you, I would, but here's how I'd recommend going about this. If you can't find content that you enjoy on link or that you, you understand very well, that's fine. Um, go to find, um, stories on say, uh, podcast, uh, podcast services like Chinese pod, uh, pop-up Chinese is also a favorite of mine because they're, they're just, they've got such quirky podcasts get their transcripts, get their audio. Well, don't upload the audio to Link because it takes too long. Uh, it's a waste of time because you could just play the, the audio on your phone or computer or whatever. Uh, but upload the transcripts, make your own, build up your own stuff. Um, and you can then you can go through and save your words as you go. Um, find, yeah, so stick to graded material for now. Uh, find podcasts. Uh, uh, Glossica is, is quite cool. It's like got a lot of sentences. Again, it's paid. I don't want to give you too much paid stuff. At least with services like Pop-Up Chinese or Chinese Pod, you can pay for a month uh, and access what you need uh, and then stop paying. And then once you've used all that you know, content, you can then pay again. And it's a great service and they deserve your money, but you, you're, not sort of, it's not, you're not stuck. It's not stuck within an app. You, know, you can sort of uh, download the transcripts that you need and use them for a month. So I would recommend doing that and building it up on link. 
um, and also just now, um, what else is there? I'm scrolling through here. Mandarin Companion are cool books. They're, they're books, but they have audio books as well now. Um, and we're gonna start incorporate, they, we've licensed their material or at least part of it and we're gonna be able to incorporate that into our course soon. So if you listen to this guys, you'll be able to access that at some point over the next six months or so. Um, uh, yeah, they have uh, Audible, check out Audible, Chinese language. They actually have Chinese audiobooks, quite a lot of them. Um, a lot will be native, native though, so that's actually not, not, good, not good advice. Manga Mandarin is a, is, an, is a thing that I would, it's like, what, it's what it sounds like. It's comics, but written for the learner. Uh, and it's, it's a cool app, I've tested it out. Very nice idea. Um, yeah, comics are a great one. I think uh, I'm just trying to give you some more advice here, more resources that I would highly suggest. Oh, the Chairman's Bow. Uh, there's three. The Chairman's Bow, which is purely news articles, but it's graded very well. And there's some very low level stuff there as well. I'm not sure if they'd let you take away the transcript, but I'm sure you could copy the text, put it into link if you wanted to. Uh, and you'd have the audio there as well. Another two readers, uh, graded readers, are Decipher. Uh, with a PH and do uh, Chinese, DU Chinese. And these are all paid services, but at the end of the day, this is another thing that I mentioned actually in this book, which is and something that I believe. It's like you, you don't have to go to university to study Chinese anymore. You've got better and way cheaper resources available, including our course. So it's like you have saved yourself already. Like this is how I think you should think about it. You have saved yourself thousands of dollars, many thousands of dollars, um, if you're American. Uh, uh, in not having to go to university to study Chinese. So set aside a budget. This is my China. I, I, I will spend a hundred dollars a month, $500 a month, a thousand dollars a month, whatever it is, set aside your budget for Chinese education and then stick to it. If you have any money left over at the end of the month, either spend it on tutors or roll it over to the next month, build it up and then, I don't know, purchase something better, bigger. Yeah, um, if it was me, that would be enough for me personally. I would just go through, uh, my, pick two or three, uh, one or two podcast services. Um, Chinese Pod and Pop Up Chinese are the best. Um, a reader, Chairman's Bow, and Do Chinese Decipher. One of the, choose one of those, um, and I would just abuse them. <laughs> just take as much content as I can from them, and you know, pay for everything, of course, but, uh, and, and, and take it and put it into link or just on my own phone or both. So, and I would read on link whilst I listen. Um, and I would do that over and over again. And I would try to shadow and that would be, and I'd put in an hour a day of doing that. And it will be difficult. Um, go for lower level first. H, like if you go to chairman's bow, you can search for, you can search for like HSK one level and you can just try your best to understand and read. Don't, don't feel bad about going for the lower level stuff. Um, but once you get used to it, you want to go for 98% um, comprehension, as, as, as close to that as you can. Um, as for what kind of content, uh, I think I've covered that, but you mentioned comprehension level. Yeah, as high a comprehension level as you possibly can. Get to 98%. So it's like every now and then is a new word. That's the sort of level you want. Um, where there is you know, not too many new words, so you're constantly looking stuff up. Uh, it's unless, and there's, there's, there's an exception to this rule, which, um, which is if you love the content. 
So for example, um, uh, you know, you read something that you absolutely love, it's okay to have say 80% comprehension or 90 or even less, maybe 70. If you love that content and you've got no problem spending time reading it, it's about enjoyment at the end of the day. That's the number one thing. So there's a balance that you have to decide on. How much should you focus towards listening as opposed to reading? Well, naturally listening is the easiest one to do and it takes the longest to uh, get good at and you can't fake it. You can't fake being good at listening. So you have to put that uh, audio in your ears as much as you can. And um, as Katsumoto from a, uh, All Japanese All The Time says, you know, never turn it off, only turn it down. Uh, that's easy to say. Maybe he didn't have a girlfriend or wife at the time, but uh, uh, you know what I mean. You know, just listen as much as possible. Always have like, a Bluetooth earphone or whatever earphone in your ear and you're listening to stuff. And uh, gradually, you will get better. It's a, it's a gradual process. Um, you're getting used to the sounds and stuff. It could take several months. But if you do that every day for half an hour a day at least, you know, if you break it up throughout the day, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, maybe three, depending on how crazy you get, you will eventually get really good at listening. Um, and if you can read and listen at the same time, that's ideal. So I would say, you know, I would say listen more, but the only reason I'm saying that is because you're going to listen more anyway because it's more convenient than reading. Uh, I love reading. I read at the end of the day in Chinese every day for you know at least 10, 15 minutes. Never have a zero day and mostly focus on listening throughout the day whilst you're doing other tasks. And if it gets distracting, turn it down, don't turn it off. Otherwise, you might forget about it when it's turned off and you don't turn it back on again. Okay. Um, and do that with all the stuff that I just said, you know, uh, stuff that you have a chance of understanding at least. You might not be able to aim for 98%, maybe that's a bit high um, at your level, but try and get as close to that as you can. So go for the lower level stuff, have it on in the background constantly. Um, and that's it really, and just keep doing that. Just keep doing that. And also, of course, this is, this is your generic inputting, your mass exposure. But at the same time, you want to continue to learn characters, continue to learn words. You've got to the end of our, our, our course and you can wait for the expansion if you like. Um, but uh, depending on how, you know, how fast you want to get to like native level or like 3,000 characters, you might want to go find your own character list and work your way through that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's about answer that question. If you've got any more, uh, if you want any more specifics on it, uh, Rosen uh, or any, anyone else listening, let me know. All right, so the next uh, email we've got here is from Rob Williams by, from the community. He says, hi everyone, I love language learning. I only ever studied languages which use the Roman alphabet though. I've always been fascinated by China and its history and culture. I believe the best way to understand another culture is to learn the language, I agree. Uh, I thought that a language like Chinese would take a lifetime to learn. Well, I'm just coming to the end of the free trial and I have been captivated by your method of teaching and I believe I will learn Mandarin and it won't take me a lifetime. No, it won't, far from it. It will take time though, but uh, it depends on your habits, you know? But it's definitely, you know, not, not what it used to be, that's for sure. I'm really glad I came across your website purely by accident and I'm enthusiastically looking forward to learning Chinese using your system. Awesome, thanks Rob, appreciate that mate. I'm sure, again, got great attitude. I'm sure you'll do very well. Uh, Liz Lay on principles versus, principle versus reality in Mandarin. So this is a video in the pronunciation mastery course, which is all about 
when me and Phil just talk about how, you know, you will learn Chinese a certain way. You'll learn, oh, this is how they pronounce it in, in standard Mandarin. But of course, most Chinese people don't speak standard Mandarin. Hardly anyone does really. <laughs> so you're going to hear differences from what you heard in your textbook or even on our course. And you're going to hear different things in real life. But which, this video is all just about don't worry about that. Just take it on the chin. Just keep roll with it and accept it. And don't worry about differences. I used to stress about those little things, you know, like the one I said earlier, like my one low or my van low with like a V sound. I was like, what the heck is that? I was having a go at my, my well, she wasn't my wife at the time. I was like, what, what is that? She's like, what, what? I'm not doing anything. But you're saying a V. She's like, no, I'm not. I was, I was like stressing out about these small differences that even native speakers don't notice, you know? So anyway, that's what that video is about. Um, so far, so good, she says. I'm an English speaker whose family dialect is Cantonese and I've tried to learn Mandarin, but as soon as I turn away from the book or audio, I revert to Cantonese sounds. Uh, I wish it was that easy for me to understand Mandarin. I also want to pick up writing as well, as I have forgotten most of the characters I learned as a child. Look forward to learning in this way. Same as sim similar to what I said to Rose Rosen or Roseanne. Um, he, he, uh, all you need to do is just listen more and just really listen every day uh, to it for as, as much as you can and you will get used to it your brain will naturally get used to it uh dan uh, from the community he says uh, as in like the performance was finished she so uh, he uh, was on the spot praised so dang chang means on the spot so yeah, he was praised on the spot. So I guess as soon as the performance was finished, uh, it finished, uh, he was praised. It's a little bit formal, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, you can say as well. But yeah, that's about right. Uh, Ellie Chandy by email, she says, awesome e online courses and podcasts that make learning Chinese Mandarin super easy and effective. Also, Phil and Luke, the owners are both really nice guys and answer any questions you may have. Keep up the good work. <laughs> that's nice thanks ellie that's so nice it almost sounds like we paid for that one <laughs> that's great thank you uh next one is from sari sari j bot on make a movie for by meaning white uh, <laughs> she says uh sorry no comment i'm just cracking up about that cat or baby screaming in the background yeah we we do all the videos that phil's at, at the moment or at the time of this filming this podcast we do all the 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 content in uh, Phil's house and he has a really loud and annoying cat uh, Rick who likes to make a lot of noise so yeah glad you enjoyed that all right uh, next one is from Petri Nakamura uh, this seems to be a stand he said on swan um, which I guess the most common uh, uh, word of, uh, definition for that would be uh, to count to count swan short so he says, this seems to be a standalone word, also meaning to count as something. Uh, am I right? Some time ago, I was watching one of the dramas for Legend of the White Snake, where the demon in the one scene asks someone else, does this count as love? Exactly, yes. Uh, they use it in exactly the same way. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a bunch of phrases. I was almost about to research, like before the podcast, I was going to research a few phrases to use um, that I could teach, but I, I think this podcast is going to be long enough. And also, I want you guys to sort of um, 
you can look that up in Pleco, or you'll you'll find your own uh, you'll find your own phrases as you as you progress. You know, as you go through and you listen and you read, you'll find your own phrases with this word in, and they're very common. It's a very cool phrase using SWAT. Jean Clayton on special effects and memory athletics. She says, I love the sound effects. I'm immediately hooked into my martial arts movies. Yes. Yeah, so we, 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 I think in, that was Phil's video, I believe, where he's, he's explaining about sound effects and, and then our video editor put in some nice uh, kung fu like sound effects in the background. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Okay, the next one here, we have uh, Moira. <laughs> now, I'm going to say Moira. You look at this name. And I, I'm, I actually really wanted to, because I, I mispronounce enough people's names, right? So I wanted to actually get this one right. And I looked it up, and there's this, like forum posts of everyone arguing how to pronounce it from whether you're, and it's different whether you're from Ireland or Scotland. But people are saying Moira if, if it's Irish, or Moya if it's, um, if it's uh, Scottish. But, and then someone else was like, what are you guys talking about? It's Moira. And I'm just like, okay. So I'm just going to say Moira because that sounds closest to what I think it might be. <laughs> so sorry if it's wrong, but I did go to the effort, all right? Uh, so Moira says, if I pick a crucifix for my main reminder, but I think a syringe could be more dramatic prop later on, am I okay to mix and match? A good question. People do ask this a lot. I don't mind too much, but the general guideline we say is choose a prop and stick with it. Don't change your prop based on any other factor. Um, and the reason we do that is just for simplicity and it helps you recall it later on. And we're not thinking about what's easy right now. We're thinking about what's going to be easy long-term, three months, six months from now, when that comes up or a character with that particular component in it comes up and you can't recall because you're confused. Is it a crucifix or is it a syringe? Um, and it's just unnecessary confusion long term. Long term, I'd say don't do that. Uh, that's my advice on that. Abigail says, uh, my Chinese teacher said that Tasha Laiza Zhongguo de Pengyo should have yiga. Uh, should be Tasha Yiga Laiza Zhongguo de Pengyo. I find the word order easier to understand with yiga too. Is it obligatory low? No, I, it's that's not correct because it's not, you can't say one is correct and one isn't because it depends heavily on the context. Okay. Um, that's nothing wrong with that sentence whatsoever grammatically. Um, a lot of Chinese tutors, uh, specifically, I, especially in my experience, guys, like if, if I don't know if that's a, a male or not, but I'm saying usually male uh, Chinese tutors, they've they got a little bit more to prove perhaps. They want to like correct things a lot. And sometimes they want to just do it to prove a point, um, even if they're wrong. <laughs> so I don't know. This is my, I've got, as you can say, I'm a bit salty about it because I've, I've, I've had a lot of experience with this sort of thing where Chinese tutors said, oh, did you know this is actually wrong? This is right. And, blah, blah. and, I've, and, I've, and I've looked it up and I've realized later on as I've got better that that person was actually wrong. It was just saying stuff. Um, so, yeah. But uh, generally, like, it's good to ask advice about, uh, not advice, sorry, it's good to ask tutors about this sort of thing. If, if, but um, yeah, that one particularly is, is wrong. But I'm not saying he's, therefore, he's a bad teacher. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, that thing is wrong, what he said. <laughs> so that was a really roundabout way to comment on that, wasn't it? 
Um, uh, Moira says, uh, I'm finding this method really helpful. So far, my son has taken over Sean Connery's role and now my granddad has joined the party. Pretty sure more family members will arrive. Awesome. Love it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, um, it, is, it is strange, isn't it? Having your own, all, all these different family members going on in your head, but uh, it, is, it is good. Um, John Morrison on Make a Movie for Jia says, I find this method very useful and I'm learning to recognize the characters with a great sense of ease. Thank you, John. That's very nice of you. And I'm glad it's helping. Deborah Driscoll on New Vocabulary Unlocked for Sizi, which means driver. Uh, she says, in my SI scene, I imagine my S actor using his props to operate the G machine that I'd already created in previous movie for G, as they are both in the same location outside my childhood home. Handy to help remember. Nice. Yeah. Um, I do like that a bit of serendipity in, in your scenes and, and actors and sets. Uh, it's really nice when things line up. I think there's another comment coming actually where someone else has a bit of serendipity. Um, we'll wait for that. Petri Nakamura again on pick a prop for yo. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, he says, need to be more careful drinking anything whilst reading this stuff. That comment really cracked me up. Yeah, there's, there's some really hilarious uh, comments from you guys on, on this platform. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you're enjoying it, mate. Um, Right, yeah, so this is uh, from Dom Johnson. He's, uh, he's got quite a knack at finding images for especially more, more abstract uh, words. So when you're learning vocabulary words on our course, uh, we do encourage you, at least in the early stages, sort of around phase, uh, phase three, phase two, sorry, um, to start finding uh, images to learn words individually, to build up enough words um, to be able to understand sentences in phase, in phase three. Uh, and some of these words are really abstract. You know, like this one, for example, guarudza. means to live life, essentially, to get along, to get by. And uh, you could imagine that's quite tough to find an image to represent that, right? He says, a tricky one to find an image for on the Yankee card. Um, I chose image from Joey from Friends doing his How You Do. How You Do. I remember that. Yes, yeah, so you just have him like doing that sort of uh, face, really good way around that, uh, finding a definition for that abstract word. Um, would a banana peel work for Jen? Yeah, so Yasmin uh, Gendozi on, on pick a prop for person or Jen, which we suggest being like an, an umbrella because that's kind of what it looks like, right? And uh, yes, yeah, uh, and <clears throat> she says, she asks, would a banana peel work? Having used a banana in Jen, I can't help but see this component as the iconic banana peel that people tend to slip on in cartoons or movies and Mario Kart. Yes, that's great. Um, yeah, there's lots of flexibility with this. Absolutely, go for it. And if a banana happens, a banana peel is a suggestion for another one later on, just choose a different one then. You know, no big deal. <laughs> um, this next one, is uh, from Rosanne Bishwak, it's the same, same guy from earlier. Um, and he finally, he's one of the few people to make it to that point in the course where you learn the word Hanyulantu, which is a Mandarin blueprint in Chinese. That's one of the unlocked words that we just had to put in, right? And I was actually going through and checking that and I, I put in a, uh, a sort of silly definition for that word 
and I'm not going to say what it is, but you guys will get there eventually and you can learn it and experience it for yourself. But yeah, I'm glad, Roseanne, I'm glad you like my stupid joke. <laughs> right, next is uh, Dan on Vocab Unlocked from Tuo. Tuo is like measure, like, tuo, uh, like uh, to take measures, sort of measure. Uh, cool, is this the first Chengyu? Uh, Chengyu is an idiom in Chinese, which is always uh, this particular um, type of word is always four characters long. And there are thousands of them. Um, you don't have to learn thousands of them necessarily, but you'll see them all the time. And you'll hear them a lot too. Um, there's a, probably a few hundred Chengyu that are like common in speech that are well worth learning. Now we don't actually focus on, and that is, I believe that's the first Chengyu, but um, there's, there's probably a bunch sprinkled about. We haven't put much of a focus on them um, because there's always another way to say the meaning than just than to say the Chengyu. Chengyu is really, really cool. And they make you sound very smart um, and very sort of Zhongguo uh, Tong, you know, like someone who knows a lot about China and Chinese language and culture. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch of Chengyu on the course, but I would really like to, um, down the line, uh, not too far down the line, but I would like to put out a deck, like an Anki deck or a flashcard deck of some kind where we just focus on Chengyu based on characters you know from the course. And I'd love to do that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it's, it's, it's something for down the line. But yeah, there are a bunch more for you to find, Dan, uh, in the course. They're sort of hidden, hidden around, but we haven't like, um, uh, highlighted many of them specifically as like unlocked words. Uh, Rick Angeland on, uh, it's a word for chou, as in smelly. Uh, he says, in the Chinese drama, serial, uh, serial drama, Ode to Joy, when one of the characters is annoyed at someone, she calls them chou. So for example, chou Andy, like smelly Andy, he doesn't want to go with me, or he won't go with me. Yeah, uh, it's a funny one. Uh, I've noticed that too, fairly recently actually. Yeah, uh, there was one, uh, it's, like a, it's now become like a private joke between me and my wife. Like we saw this years ago. We were just randomly flicked on this Chinese TV show. You know, Chinese TV shows are funny because they're so silly. Um, or most of them are anyway. And there's this, there's this kid, this little prince, and he just picked up this, this dog and we just went, and, this, and he picked up this dog and was like grabbing it really violently. And then the dog scratched him and he went, ah, togo. And he threw it and he just killed the dog. I was just like, this is so morming to meow. There's another telling you for you. It's just random. Morming to meow. I was like, what? <laughs> We're just cracking up. Togo, like smelly dog, like bad dog sort of thing. Yeah. So that was an example of that. Anyway, yeah, that's what they do. Uh, Moira again uh, says, um, thanks for the email. Feeling quite reassured. She's a new client. Um, so you're feeling quite reassured that you got back on the weekend. Nice to see that customer support is important. It bodes well. Customer support is everything. We were talking about this uh, yesterday because we I, I recently had uh, a chat with Petri. Um, like a, I guess you could say it's a case study kind of. We had like an interview and talked about his progress and things like that. And one of the things he asked me was, what are you going to do when you get so many customers that, you know, you're not going to have time for interacting and, and getting back and answering all these emails and stuff. And it's a great question, but I was thinking like, that's, I don't think ever, like we do individually, me and Phil do one podcast every two weeks and we'd have to get to the point 
where we are putting out a podcast every single day each before we start to hire out for this sort of thing. Obviously, we can, and one thing that we do want to do, um, just as an aside, I guess this is also combined with course updates if you want, but we're not really, I haven't really got anything to update you on specifically. So I'm just, I'm sort of blabbing about future plans. Um, well, one thing we'd like to do is make a, um, start making a video FAQ and just building that up so we can just direct people to common questions and things like that. But uh, yeah, we would really have to, because we're getting a lot more customers lately. It's great. Um, uh, but then, of course, the comments are building up and all that stuff. But people, I don't be, you know, we would, first of all, we would do a podcast twice a week. So once a week each. Um, and then we would do twice a week each and three times and four times and five times. Probably five or six times a week would be the, the maximum. But that's each. That's 12 total podcasts between yeah so that's we would have to get 12 times the amount of comments and customers before and if we're at that point we got you know we can we'll be fine we can hire someone to uh do the majority of things anyway uh that's no one asked me that question whatsoever but it just reminded me of it and i thought i thought i'd share that with you guys um yeah customer support and you guys's interaction and and, and hearing your comments and sharing and using it to create new content that is the course in a way in a big way you know and that's not something we're going to be getting rid of um it is everything yeah absolutely dom thompson thompson on new vocabulary lot for uh for the word connection images i chose a clock on 1 p.m for the afternoon and a set of waiting room chairs for a moment so yeah Yisha means for a moment, and again, it's rather abstract, but he's chosen the waiting room and 1, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. All right, nice. Uh, Petri uh, says uh, on the word wan or war to, to play in Chinese. He says, this is a fun word because in Chinese, the same word can be used to describe kids playing around or adults hanging out. Yeah, war can is usually drinking heavily and listening to horrendously loud music and karaoke and all that stuff. <laughs> but it can, yeah, it can also be just dogs or kids playing around. The corresponding word in Japanese works the same way. And I have a really funny experience with a Japanese friend years ago who was studying my native Finnish. Oh, uh, and who was trying to tell me in a crowded restaurant that he was going to hang out with some female friends later. His rendering was something close to, I'll go play with young girls later. And it sounded even more inappropriate in Finnish than it does in English. Just sharing this because it might help someone else to, to remember this word. Thanks a lot, Petri. That is really funny. Um, and uh, it's really nice. And, and it, is, it is very amusing to like, notice those uh, differences in the way people view language um, in Chinese and English. Um, more again on... Uh, yes, she says... Uh, the Chinese way of saying yes or no is exactly the same way we say in Irish. You repeat the verb back and either negative or positive. So technically there's no, I didn't know that. That's great. I didn't know that. So there's technically no yes or no in Irish either. You don't say yes or no. You just, it's all about context. That's really interesting. Oh, one more from Moira. Um, I'm really extremely impressed with the clarity of these videos. I'm finding it incredibly helpful with my tones. That's great. That's obviously the pronunciation course. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks very much. And I hope we can hear more from you. 
All right, so that is all the comments and emails that we've had this week. Now let's jump into uh, the movies. So the first one is from Delia Smith. She's uh, it's for make a movie for Dian, which means electricity. Uh, and she says, uh, so this is made up of uh, the sun and a hook. Right, this is the, the sort of recommended uh, props. She says the cartoon sun runs up to her, I guess her actor, the D actor, and she's terrified. She grabs a giant fish hook and whacks the cartoon sun in the face with the, with the longer end. As the hook makes contact, Delia Smith is electrocuted. Oh, Delia Smith is, okay. All right, so Delia Smith says, not your name. I was gonna say, Delia Smith is a very famous um, British uh, TV presenter. She's a cook, a uh, chef. Uh, so I guess your name isn't Delia Smith or is it Delia Smith? Um, I don't know, that's confusing, but uh, she's also your actor anyway. Her hair stands on end, smoke lines, days, expression, etc. Fantastic. Very simple scene, straightforward, gets to the point, no messing around. Uh, very vivid as well. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, Dom, Dom Thompson on Make a Movie for Hua. This means to transform, uh, and it's made up of the number seven on the right and a person on the left, man. Uh, Homer Simpson, that's for the H-U, walks into the bathroom of my flat in Glasgow. He sees the box from seven on the floor. Oh, so you use that box as the actual prop for seven. You're really good at this. You're very good at this, Dom. Ooh, what's in the box? <laughs> he opens the box, sees what's inside, screams in rage, transforming Hulk style into Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's really good. And also that reminds me, there's like a couple of episodes, I think, of The Simpsons back in the day when it was good, uh, where he actually turns into the Hulk. Uh, so that's easy to, easy to remember. Jack on Make a Movie for E. Now this is, this is like what I say to you guys, there's categories of difficulty in terms of how to uh, assign, how to represent the keyword in your mind. And this is the highest level of difficulty. It's still easy with, the, with our method, but this is, involves the most mental thought uh, because E has several definitions, but the one we've chosen is by means of by means of. It's very complex, especially for a beginner. You know, you know, how the heck am I supposed to visualize that? Well, Jack, our music man, as I call him, uh, he says, by way of, or by means of, by way of, so soundtrack is a riff on the way, uh, KC and the Sunshine Bands, that's the way I like it. That's the way. Yeah, okay. There's a leak from the roof and the E character while dancing to the song tries to catch water drops by means of a small fish hook and a squashed umbrella. Beautiful, absolutely great. I mean, the scene itself is already good enough, but you've added the soundtrack in just to cement it, which is really, uh, it's, it's a, sorry, my English vocabulary is not great, is it? I just use really good or very nice. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it adds a bit of, uh, vividity to it that's not a word either uh lucas chin on make a movie for which means rain and he just says character 500 yay good job mate you're a third of the way through the the, the current order 500 wow that's like oh, i keep trying to recall what percentage are we what percentage is that through characters in total i've got it here in front of me 
the percentage of characters at 500 is 79.2%. You've already learned 79, almost 80%, probably well over 80% of all Chinese characters, not all Chinese, but by coverage, you know. So well done, mate. Uh, keep it up. Abigail, make a movie for Bu, as in Bu Xing, Bu Xing, like a like a Bu, like step pace. I mean step, um, and it's made up of Zhi uh, at the top, as you can see, uh, and Shao, uh, uh, but missing an eye. <laughs> it looks like it's missing an eye. And he says, that's so perfect because my prop for Shao at the bottom is Dick Van Dyke. And he sings a, a song called Step in Time. Yes, he does. And she's given a YouTube link there as well, if anyone wants to check it out. That's awesome. Again, that was what I was talking about earlier about serendipity, when things just line up for you. You've got the perfect actor and the perfect uh, movie and set or whatever. Like some, some aspect of it is just like, yes, I'm so, this is the perfect actor. That's awesome. Uh, Alina on make a movie for Zhu, uh, which means to live, as in live in a place. Um, she's, uh, this one is, uh, so the left-hand component is a person, which she's chosen as a tired person, as in Joker. Uh, Joker, as in okay. <clears throat> and then Zhu is master, so she's chosen Yoda, of course. Um, actor is Zhu Long, uh, Chinese torch dragon. Script. Okay, so let's have a look. How does this go? Zhulong, the Chinese dragon, temporarily resi resides in the bathroom of my childhood home together with the Joker and Master Yoda. Master Yoda's planet was destroyed by the Joker. Zhulong dragon came to save the day but arrived too late so he could only bring Master Yoda and Joker out of the planetary explosion. Afraid they will attempt to kill each other, Zhulong took them into his nest to guard them until the galactic police came or come. I like that. So Zhu uh, is like living. So we're, we've got that. And you haven't exactly gone into much detail about how you show the keyword, but I can see it working. I can see it working um, because, and I can imagine it, it would actually be helpful as well. And, and I'm just adding in details, but you might've already done this, but showing some visual, idea of the idea of living so what is that and it's, it's quite tough to do but for me personally i see i see that like the idea okay we live here now the dragon is taking care of us and yoda and uh, the other dude Zhulong, um and this one other person joker yeah the joker they live together now in this temporary place but they're living there and so i can imagine yoda brings out a pipe and then he like puts his feet up and it's like treats it like he's his home because he lives there, you know? So just adding that little bit at the end perhaps might help, but otherwise I, I don't see an issue. I think that would be, that'll work fine. Uh, Dom Thompson again on full. I had to put this in. I, I, I've put in a lot of Dom's ones, but uh, this one actually made me crack up <laughs> quite, quite a lot. I don't want to build it up too much though. It might've just been my silly sense of humor. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is measuring his biceps with calipers. That's the right side component. In the back garden of my childhood home, Ned Flanders pokes his head over the fence. Howdly doodly, neighborino. I see you've got some measuring pleasure in going on over there. Now I hate to, be, I hate to be a pickly Pete, but could I maybe have those calipers back when you're done gauging the guns? You borrowed them three months ago, Arnie throws a wad of cash into Flanders' face. 
here, I pay you for them. <laughs> it just cracked me up because uh, it's very visual. Here, I pay you for them. Oh man, that was great. Moira, um, make a movie, Ban for half. This is one of the earlier characters. Uh, just like sure it was. Okay. Bob is in the bathroom of my of the house in Ross's Point, where I lived with Mammy Ann. Uh, a huge crucifix sprouts up from the floor next to the bath. When he sees it, Bob covers his head with his hands and horns start to push their way out through his skull. He manages to climb the crucifix. I throw my razor at the crucifix, which slices it neatly in half, and Bob falls back to the ground, uninjured, losing the horns and regaining his senses. Great. You got the hang of that perfectly. And... Um, yeah, that's a, that's a perfect scene. Um, Kika Bosonio, and I'm sorry, Kika, I've been pronouncing, pronouncing your name incorrectly the entire time, um, but after watching your case study recently, uh, on which you can find on YouTube, guys, uh, I now know it's pronounced Bosonio. Uh, so let's make a movie for E, which means already, which is another abstract meaning, you know, and it's again, it's in that top level for me of the the most abstract therefore the most uh challenging characters to make movies for so let's see how she handles it imelda uh that's the, the character uh the actor rather found her pet snake in the middle of the living room completely disjointed this has already happened many times before she puts it in a cage and although it doesn't have a door the snake tries to get out by hooking its tail to the door handle and pulling itself out. Interesting. So that's definitely taken care of the positioning, hasn't it? Yeah, because the cage, by the way, guys, is the, the sort of right side, the top right bit, I believe. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no, sorry. I'm completely wrong. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a different character. Uh, so we've got the cage and then the hook. The hook, okay. The snake tries to get out by hooking its tail to the door handle and pulling itself out. The problem is that its head is too large to pass through the cage bars. Now, uh, I don't mind these sorts of things because you're hooking the snake. Um, is the snake the hook component? I, may, I don't want to make any comments about that because I might be wrong. Um, I don't want to assume that you're, yeah. Uh, the problem is that its head is too large to pass through the cage bars. All right. So there's another issue here. There's a small issue where the, the, the word already is not, for me, it's not quite visual enough, right? Um, already. And, and again, it's a, it's a highly challenging uh, keyword to make visual. So that's uh, no, no hard feelings about or anything. This is really tough. But let's think of a way that we can make this more visual. So already. Now, I try and think of, now, whenever ever something is abstract, what we do is we just use acting skills. We use facial expressions and gestures much more. We have to rely on that a lot more. Acting skills is what, is what we like to call it, right? And you can also, in this one, I think the idea of camera angles would be very helpful, and I'll explain why. So the snake is in the middle of the room, completely disjointed, okay? And then your actress, she sees it in the, in the middle of the room. Um, oh, I see. I see what we're doing. All right, so we could we could say the, the snake is already in the cage. All right, it's already in the cage, um, and this. <laughs> okay, so don't worry about the head being too large to pass through the bars. Okay, forget about that bit at the end. Let's just do this. So it's inside the cage. 
and your actor, she looks away and your camera looks away with her and then she looks back to help the, the snake out, but it's already out and she's like jumps back in surprise. How did you get in? It's like, oh, I've got to go find a camera. All right, stay there, stay there. And she looks away and he's, he's back in the cage again. How do you do that? You know, so she's trying to do something, but so already it's like, it's, it's happened before I thought it should happen. You know, that's, that's what the word really is. I'm trying to show that visually. Uh, I feel like I was rambling a bit too much with that explanation, but I hope you get what I'm saying. Uh, just show it more, more visual. Because what you said here is this has already happened many times before. You're just describing that as like a narrator in, in our minds, but really that's not showing it visually. You know, you need to, how do you know it's happened many times? Um, like it needs to be a visual thing, much more simple. Um, but yeah, that's like an example of one change you could make um, for that one. So maybe try that one out. Uh, okay, the next scene we have here is from Petri again, make a movie for Ian, which means silver. So he says, um, my, my YI actress walks into the kitchen of my set and takes out a gold bar, which would be the left side component, and a crowbar. I assume that's the right side component. She draws down an alchemy circle learned from Full Metal Alchemist, which is a, a, a good show. I watched that years ago. Um, and it also has a, a comic uh, that you can find in Mandarin Chinese. It's quite tough, actually, for a comic, but it's, it's, it's out there. Uh, and places the items on the circle. She then proceeds to touch both sides of the circle with her hands and to her great delight, there's a sudden flash of light and the gold bar and the crowbar turn into a hunk of silver. Then her expression sours as she realizes that the hunk of silver is nowhere near as valuable as the gold was. That's really nice, yeah. Uh, very nice indeed, very good. Um, Bell Hermawan, I'll uh, make a movie for Chao, which means noisy. Um, since my, she says, uh, since my CH actor is Charlie Chaplin, I'll be filming this movie uh, in a crackly black and white, in crackly black and white. Charlie is of course known for silent films. The noise from the screaming mouth, coal, which is the left side component, is therefore unwelcome by Patrick and Charlie. Uh, that's, that's up to you. I don't know what, who you mean, but of course you do. That's the important thing. Uh, the in, intertitle in the silent movie will be a few moments later before showing that Patrick has muzzled the mouth with his hands. That's a fantastic idea. Um, and it shows contrast. It's also a little bit of ser serendipity again, isn't it? You have a silent movie actor showing uh, the character char which means noisy so it's, it's a really good uh chance to use contrast there uh next one we have a movie from Ija. it's been a while uh it's good to hear Ija's scenes uh keyword is fey which means fat um but it's more like you're talking not fat as in punk like you are punk you know or i am punk um fey is more like uh talking about meat fey rou oh, it's very fatty meat you know, or very whatever. Um, uh, actor, very whatever. What a good teacher I am. <laughs> so actor, Freddie Mercury in the kitchen of my EI set. A piece of meat and a pie are the props. Ah, so the meat is the left side component and the pie is the right. Lovely. Freddie was tired of seeing all the skinny girls and boys 
uh, in his shows and decided to bake them meat pies. So there he was, stuffing pieces of meat inside a pie in the kitchen of my EI set, turning them into high calorie food he could serve at his shows. After all, fat bottom girls will make the rocking world go round. That's a great idea for a theme tune. Uh, however, I would like to, although I know that, um, I know that, like I just said that this fae is more about food, like meat. Um, then it might benefit from, you could just show it as fatty, you know, like uh, maybe, maybe he's picking out, uh, he's picking out the fat. He's like, he's like, maybe because a lot of people don't like the fat, right? I do now since being in China, because they really have to cook it. But he's putting this meat in and he's just like, this meat is so fatty. And he's like throwing chunks of fat clearly out. And that's the keyword because I'm not seeing much about the specific keyword of they in here. Uh, or maybe um, uh, you could just use it as, I know it doesn't specifically mean this in real life, but you could still just, maybe he feeds it to one of his girls. I don't know if you mentioned that. You didn't, did you? No. Maybe his fat bottom girls and, and boys, maybe he starts feeding it to them and they, they sort of start puffing up and become really fat. You get the idea. But um, I love the idea. Uh, Dom, Johnson, Dom Thompson again, sorry, mate. Uh, make a movie for war. I had to put this one on again. I, I, I've been a bit um, biased. I've been putting in loads of Dom's one this week, but that's just so good. Um, make a movie for war. I'm sat at my desk, third tone in my office. It's O set. War, as in, sorry, war means I or me, this meaning of war. He says, the weird grabby hand thing from the second Harry Potter film, I don't know what that is, is knocking on my desk annoyingly and incessantly. Walter White is sat behind me and he has had enough of this. He spins on his chair and stabs the hand with his trusty halberd, that's the right side component, to shut it up. He yells, I am the one who knocks. And if you've ever watched Breaking Bad, you know that that's a very famous scene when he's talking with his wife and he's revealing to her that he is the badass, you know, he's the tough guy, he's the gangster. And he does that as well. He points to himself, he's like, I'm the one who knocks. It's a very powerful scene. And it's bringing that into this is fantastic. It's a great idea. All right, one more and for another one from Moira uh, for Make a Movie for Jen, which is Robbie walks into my friend Penny's kitchen and there's a giant banana which is throbbing and twitching. He grabs a samurai sword from the counter and slashes it open. Penny comes out covered in banana gunk and hoping she can get cleaned up before her mother sees her. That's great, yeah, that's an idea. Um, you have got that down, Moira, well done. Um, so this was really good today. Uh, I always say that, don't I? But it always is, it's always fun, so again, speaking uh sort of referring back to what i said earlier about um if we had you know if we had too many emails or something like that well, we would always be happy to increase the number of times we do these podcasts um, as long as you guys would have us so awesome i've had a great time i hope you guys have too and i will see you in a couple of weeks bye bye